Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of Fins to Forest. I'm back a little bit sooner than I expected to be, but we had some cool things happen this week that I wanted to get on here and, and go ahead and get get recorded and, and, and share with you. Uh, today's episode is going to be cover a little bit of ground, but we're going to be kind of in the hunting realm, or I guess the off-season hunting world more than anything else. This past week, it's Sunday today. Uh, yesterday, spent some time scouting some public land. Just the second time that I've done that. Did a little bit of taxidermy work. I guess you could say took a couple lessons um, from a local guy here on some taxidermy and tanning stuff. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to go back to this past deer season and share my story of of the buck that I killed during rifle season uh, in Middle Tennessee. So. And there'll be, there'll be pictures of that deer on the Fence and Forest Instagram page. You can get on there and check out. So I'll just get rolling. Uh, yesterday, we had some snow coming in the morning. Kind of, it was unexpected to me. Um, but we were out of school on Friday, so I was able to get some of my normal weekend work done um, on Friday. So Saturday, I had some free time and ended up taking Mosley, my dog. I've got a little two-year-old black lab that is just the the light of my life, I guess you could say. That's a little that's a little overdone. That's Jesus. That's the light of my life. But I love my dog a lot too. She's a, I'm a big fan. Anyways, um, I took her and we went and looked at some some public land up around Jefferson City. And really, I this makes me sound a little bit ignorant to the whole public hunting thing, which I completely am. But I knew that I had seen guys hunting TVA land before, but didn't know that you could hunt pretty much all the TVA land that exists as long as you're not near a, a dam or a campground. So I'd gotten on the Onyx app, which is an app that I have. If, if you don't know what that is, it's pretty much just a land map that you download. I mean, obviously it's intended for hunters, but you can get on there and see what's public, what's private. You can see who owns private land and get a hold of them if you're trying to get access to a certain piece. But anyways, it'll, it'll show you who owns everything, whether it's a WMA or TVA, whatever. So I found a couple blocks of TVA land that I was wanting to go explore and so took the time yesterday to do it. So so my dog and I, we went up there in the snow and, and ran around and, and it's it's a pretty big piece. What I looked at yesterday, it's off of Cherokee Lake. It's a few hundred acres and and really the best looking stuff I didn't get the time to look at. Uh, coaching girls basketball, we had a, a game yesterday evening, but we had a couple hours to go up there and run around and, and I'll post some pictures. We, we found a few pretty good sized rubs up on a ridge top and and found some good bedding what it looks like is that it's one of those places it's really easy to access so it probably gets run the heck through during during rival season but it seems like somewhere there's probably a lot of deer i was at cherokee i guess back in december and saw a couple deer swimming across the middle of the lake and, and where they went in at is actually pretty close to where this land is so i'm like yeah sure there's deer up there so we went and looked around and, and that's fun, which I, I enjoy getting out and walking around on that kind of stuff just as much as I do hunting it almost. So I'm looking forward to doing that a lot more. That's only the second piece of, of public land that I've gone to look at. A lot of that WMA stuff is off limits for part of the year. I know we've got one real close to the house here in Knoxville that you can't, you can go and walk the basic walking trail all year round, but until... I want to say it's June 1st or July 1st. I'd have to check. But until the summer, you can't just go and, and walk and scout and look at everything that you want to. 
but that TVA land you can. And so, so we went out there and, and had a good time yesterday. I was hoping we might even run into some sheds. I'm trying to get, I've, I've tried to work with Mosley a little bit, trying to get her to, to be able to find some and, and we'll, we'll go down to our lease in middle Tennessee here before long and see if she can't stumble upon a couple. But anyways, my, my whole goal for that really is, as the summer goes on and basketball winds down and I get more free time is I've, I've found probably looking at maps because in my free time, that's what I've spent most of my time doing. I'm either prepping for fishing stuff or I'm looking at maps on, on the phone. And I've probably found there's probably 15, 15 to 20 pieces of public land that I'd like to go and, and scout and look at. And I'd love to get it, get it whittled down to my top three or four to where come hunting season, I'm, I know that during bow season when I'm wanting to go and hunt public land instead of driving to my lease, it's about three hours from the house that I can just go and go and, and have three or four that I feel pretty confident in just being able to see deer and, and, and get in and, and have some opportunities at killing some. Uh, it'd be really nice to have about three or four options just to pick from, depending on the weather, how much time I've got, whatever. Um, but but those, those only two that I've looked at so far are are two of the closer ones to the house. And, and the more that I'm looking for TVA land, as opposed to just wildlife management areas, the more that I've looked for TVA land, the more of it I keep finding. Uh, because some of it isn't marked TVA on the Onyx app. Most of it is, but not all of it. But then TVA has got their own undeveloped land map, and it marks where, where you can hunt and, and what you can't hunt. And, and so looking at one map and looking at the other map and, and laying them over the top of each other, I've I found a lot that I'm, I'm really, really excited about just to go and look because I'm thinking, gosh, like I, a couple of them you can't access unless you go by boat or if you got permission from the private land that it butts up against. But that's the kind of stuff that I feel like, man, I, I bet you don't get a whole lot of other people out there during deer season that want to fool with taking a boat to it, which I would love to do. I'd be, I mean, that's not going to keep me from going. That's going to, I think it'd be fun to drag drag one out in a boat but anyways i digress all right um so that's what we did this week and as summer goes on wmas open up more and more that's we'll spend a lot of time kind of scouting public land in between in between fishing this summer so so that was fun um that one this weekend we i didn't get to look at all of it we i looked at probably about a third of it and it was the third that i was least excited not least excited about but the other two-thirds of it that i either couldn't get to or or didn't look at it is where i, I really think there, there could be a lot of a lot of good deer at potentially who knows I, they may not be one there may not have ever been one on it but okay um taxidermy update this was this has been not in a bad way but this week feels like it has been a month long to me because i was sitting here thinking oh yeah i went to Went and did some taxidermy stuff on Monday and Tuesday. I thought, that's five and six days. That feels like forever. But anyways, um, the taxidermist, his name's Frank Vaught. He's out of Powell, Tennessee, that he that I took my deer that I'm about to tell you about. Um, I took that deer to Frank, and, and when I went to pick it up um, this past weekend, or maybe I guess it was two weeks ago now, I told him, I said, hey, I, I've got some questions about taxidermy and just how you got started in it and what are some good what are some good resources you think for somebody that's is really interested in it but it has literally zero experience just about and he said well it as we talked a little while he said you know i'd tell you that you could come and and spend some time here with me and and watch 
me go through a few deer and before you started doing it on your own. He said, the only problem is, is I tend to get started about four o'clock, four thirty in the morning. Well, I typically will wake up about four thirty in the morning anyways, trying to go to the gym because I can't get there in the afternoon to the basketball. I said, Hey, that's perfect. I said, I'm used to getting up at four 30. If you're serious and you'll let me come, I'd, I'd love to come and watch you do it and, and learn from you. And so I guess it was, it was Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. Um, I went and spent about three hours. The first day we had a, well, I say we, I watched, but first day he had a hide and, and I was amazed that in the really only, if he wasn't, talking to me and showing me things he could have had that he had that entire deer mounted is from a hide on the table to it's on the form the horns are on it he's got it pinned in place in about two two and a half hours and so i couldn't believe how quick that process went Um, and every time that he would would sew up a strip or he would put some pins in place or he would do something with the ears it it turned into a deer really really quickly what i know i mean by that is just it went from me thinking, man, how do you make it look so realistic to every time he would do a step, you're like, oh, wow, now it looks more and more like a deer. But anyways, we did that on Tuesday, and then Wednesday we fleshed one out, which just taking all the all the fat, all the flesh, all the tissue that's left after it's been skinned off the skull. And that was the step. That's where I'm at with one of the deer that I've got that I'm doing, that my uncle's letting me do, a five-pointer. And I've have got it skinned out, and I was to the point where I, all I've got to do, or what I'm doing next, is is fleshing it. And I really had no idea the best way to go about that. And that, I and I haven't done it yet because I had to order the materials. Let me tell you, that's going to be the kick in the pants to all this. And just because of the amount of time it takes, it, it's not going to be super super difficult. It's just going to be really time consuming. But I mean, that's part of it. He he told me that he estimates he's probably got. 12 hours in each deer that he does and after the first morning of us mounting it in two and a half three i'm thinking how i wonder where that other 12 hours is coming from oh well it turns out it takes you just as long to flesh one out as it does to mount it flipping the ears inside out splitting the lips splitting the ears getting all i mean because i mean you can't have any you can't have anything left in that deer as far as muscle tissue fat or over time it's going to rot and it's going to ruin it so just seeing how meticulous and, and tedious and thorough you've got to be with that. I was, I was really glad that I got to see that whole process in depth because as soon as my flusher comes in and my dry preservative and what else did I order over through? Oh, the ear splitter, the ear splitter. Once those three things get, cause I was all fired up. I'm like, I'm going home this weekend. I'm going to block out. It took him two and a half hours. I'm, I'm expecting I'm, it's probably going to take me five. So I'm going to set out five hours of the day on Saturday and I'm going to get this done. I'm going to knock it out. And then I realized, no, you're not because you've got to order all of that stuff that you use this morning. So anyways, as soon as all that stuff gets in, this next weekend is going to be my flesh the deer out weekend. Put some dry preservative on it, freeze it, then the form will come in and I'll get to actually go through mounting it. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm excited about that. But something else I'm excited about is... I put up a picture on on my Instagram page, uh, my personal Instagram page, and said, you know, that I was enjoying getting to learn taxidermy, yada, yada. I had a couple of the deer that we'd worked on up there. We, again, I, he worked on it. I watched. And one, a friend of mine from a girl that I knew in high school who 
raises mules and, and does cattle and all that stuff. She commented on, she said, hey, do you know anything about tanning? Because I've got a steer hide that I've had for a while that I'd love to get turned into a rug. And I told her, no, I've never tanned anything, but just like the taxidermy thing, that's something else. I mean, I mean, taxidermy and tanning just kind of goes hand in hand. At least it seems like it does to me. So I said, no, but I'd love to try it if you'll let me. And I told her, I said, now I may totally screw this up and it may not come out worth a flip. But if you'll let me do it, I'd love to try it just to get the experience. And she's like, oh, gosh, yeah, that's fine. Come on and, and get it. So I, I picked that up last yeah, last night, which, I mean, I knew it was big because I'd looked at it. I've seen a few videos on it and, and looked some stuff up online. But oh my gosh, that's a heavy block of that's a heavy block of fur. I'm telling you. Uh, so it was, as soon as basketball season winds down, I know I keep saying that my life revolves around the end of basketball season as far as my outdoor life goes. But as soon as basketball season's over, I'm excited to get to start working on that. She said it's a big kind of reddish brown and, and white steer hides, real pretty. Uh, so excited to get to work on that too. That that'll be a fun project, a big project, but that'll be a fun project. Yeah. So that's everything there. All right. Um, the one other thing that I want to talk about is just as, as deer season. I mean, I think there's even, I saw somebody in Alabama not long ago that's still getting to deer hunt, which I think South Carolina gets to open really, really early and Alabama gets to run really, really late. So there's a couple of people that might still be deer hunting, but now that I've gotten that, I've gotten my, my mount back from, from a buck that I killed back this past raffle season, I figured it would be a good chance to, to just tell that story because who doesn't like telling a story about deer that they've killed? So that's what I'm doing now. Um, so that deer, it's a, it's a really, really pretty uh, th- either three-and-a-half or four-and-a-half-year-old nine-pointer. Uh, biggest deer, let me think, probably – the biggest deer that I've seen, and this is, I mean, this is more speaking to my inexperience in the size of the deer, but probably the biggest deer that I've seen on the hoof while I'm actually hunting. Um, if not, it's, it's top two or three for sure. But I was, this was not at the lease that I'm on, a lease in DeKalb County. This was actually in Rutherford County at the friend of mine, Lucas Pruitt's house. Well, his, his family farm. Uh, we hunt, I think I mentioned this last week, but we, hunted the last four years together when we were in school um, at Tennessee Tech, but we would always go during our school's fall break, which landed in bow season. And this year we'd said, come down, he'd, he'd said, come down during rifle season and we'll, we'll blast them. They've got a ton of deer. They're in Unidale, which DeKalb County's Unidale where I hunt. Well, no, 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 it's not. It borders Unidale. The next county to the left of Unidale County, they've got a ton of deer. You can kill three does a day. And we've got a lot of deer at our lease. I mean, we do. We've got a ton. Uh, but we don't have deer like Lucas has in Rutherford County. And just as far as numbers go. And so I'm excited just because I want to shoot a bunch of does. You can kill three does a day, and I'm planning on it if I get the chance to. Because I texted Lucas and I, beforehand leading up to the trip, and I said, hey, I'm I'm coming down there intent to kill three does a day as long as you're good with that. And he had said something to the effects of, if you're not going to kill three does a day, don't even bother coming. I don't, that's fine. So I'm, I'm headed down there just stoked. Hey, if I get to kill a buck, great. At that point, I'd killed one doe on our lease during both season. One little, probably slightly smaller than average doe. Uh, 
my uncle's laughing. It was a little doe. It was a small doe. I killed one during bow season, and, and I'm going down there just pumped because every year we see a poop ton of deer. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So first morning, I'm I'm in a stand, and it's I sat in this stand three sits in a row. The whole time I was there, I didn't sit anywhere else. And I've never sat there the last four years, but it being gun season, we kind of moved moved ourselves around accordingly. So let me paint let me paint you a picture. Close your eyes, unless you're driving. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. If people around you are going to think you're crazy, if you close your eyes, don't close your eyes. But if you have a chance, let me paint you a picture here. There's a field, big field. It's divided in the middle by a creek, really small creek, more of a trickle than a creek. It's got a whole, it's got a tree line growing on both sides of it. Big trees. It's not like a thicket, but I mean, you've got some big mature trees that grow down this creek. I'm sitting at the edge of the field in a tree, in a ladder stand on this creek that borders. And I'm right up against behind me, kind of to my left and behind me, this big, big thicket. You got a bunch of cedar trees. You got, it's just nasty, gnarly. You can't see 20 yards in. So first morning. I have not been in the stand for 15 minutes, and here comes a deer. And it would have been a really, really nice eight-pointer if the whole right side of its antlers weren't gone. It's, it had already lost its, its whole right side. And if you, if you hear me clicking, I'm going to pull up my phone. I'm, I'm trying to remember what day this was. I think it was early November. But even then, he'd already lost. Um, was it that late? Oh, this says November 24th. This is when I posted the picture on my Instagram page. Okay, I've got my days all, they all run together. Okay, so this is obviously the end of November. Anyways, this buck's coming to me, and I, if he had both sides, I'm shooting him, because this was a really nice deer. But anyways, watch him come, just booking it through the middle of this field. Another 30 minutes go by, here come four does. I'm thinking, all right, let's get it fired up. And they took forever and a day. They were dragging, coming across. I mean, it's, they're in the middle of a giant field. I bet this field probably, this field may be 20 acres. And it's wide open. I think they cut hay out of it. And I'm sitting, there's a little food plot down here in the corner where I'm at. So those does, they take forever getting down to me, being real careful, but not careful enough. Because they get about 120 yards, and I, I shoot the biggest doe in that group. She wheels around, takes off, didn't make it out of the field. It's not 10 minutes. I look up, here comes a doe down the creek. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? So she gets in. I mean, she's coming down. I'm seeing her come through the trees, and she's coming from my right. And she's going to be really, really close when I get a shot. Well, I I bow hunt more than I've hunted with anything. And so I'm a moron, and I've got her at like 15 yards. And I don't even think about adjusting for it i shoot and shoot right under i found nothing but a big patch of white hair so she gets lucky wheels off and i'm and it but at the time i didn't know that i've just assumed i'd killed her too and so another lucas texts me he said again i said oh yeah i said i'm covered up and it was about 15 minutes later and lucas texts me he says hey i've got uh, a little buck and, and he calls it the hallway it's a spot on his property where we can both see it if i lean forward in my stand and look and i'm like oh cool i'll look and I'm, i put my binoculars up and i lean forward and i didn't hear anything to let me know that i screwed up but i knew i'd screwed up because as soon as i leaned forward i thought crap i was like you didn't look behind you idiot 
And so, because I've got a little bitty food plot on both sides of me. I've got one behind me. I've got one in front of me. They're planted with different things. I don't remember what, but it, he planted a couple different things down there along this creek. And I turned around real slow, and I, I just knew there were going to be deer standing behind me. And sure enough, I cocked my head, and there's two does, and you know how they look at you where their head's almost a little tilted. And she's got that front foot picked up, and I'm thinking, you've got to be joking me. And she wheels around. They, those two does blow and take off. But I, that, that was my opportunity to kill three does in a day in a 30-minute period. I've shot, and I'm thinking, and I know that people kill does one after the other all the time in different places. But I'm just blown away when I can go out there and, and, and shoot twice and still have deer coming in in a 30-minute window. It's nuts to me, but it's awesome. That's one of the reasons I love going out there. Other than the friendship and the fellowship and all the good times we have had, I like seeing a bunch of deer, and, and we always do. Um, so anyways, we go back hunt that morning. We see a few small deer, and actually... When we were driving back through to pick up my doe, my one doe, not my two does, my one doe, a six-pointer, a really nice six-pointer, big, was standing right on the edge of the field, right about 50 yards from from my stand, right in front of it. And that's a deer that Lucas had told me about. He'd had it on camera and had passed it during muzzleloader, so I wasn't going to shoot her anyways, but still, we were going to pick this deer up and um, and – they're still all, all over the place down there. We always we always see deer driving in. We always see deer driving out, it seems like. So that evening goes by. We see a bunch of small bucks and, and a couple of those. But, and Lucas, <laughs> I forgot about this. Lucas had the chance to shoot a doe at about 50 yards right as we were walking out. Uh, it's, it's still got enough light to shoot. And we jump a deer out of the middle of this field. And she runs about 50 yards and stands there, just perfect broadside. And she won't go anywhere. She's looking right at us, and we're staying in this field. He's pulled the – I mean, and he's he's not trying to kill a bunch of does like I am. But he's got his shooting sticks, and he's, well, there's a doe right there. And I'm saying, shoot her, shoot her, shoot her. And he pulls his sticks up, and he takes his time and sets this. And the whole time, this doe's just standing there looking at us. Like, she, I don't know. It was ridiculous. Pulls the gun up, looking – Puts his eye through the scope. He's, man, that'd be an awful easy shot. I'm, I'm saying, I know. Kill her. And he's like, ah, it's dark. Ah, we probably don't want to fool with it. I'm shoot her, Lucas. And he's, ah, you want to shoot her? No, because I, well, I'd already killed one that day. I'm fine, but I'm, I was just in the moment. And he was, was probably was the right choice, obviously, because we'd have been out there another two or three hours. But, it was walking out. We, we jumped a few more deer. But anyways, next I'm getting there, I promise. Next morning, Sunday morning. And so the plan had been uh, if we had – and I, I went into Sunday morning. I'm like, I, I don't need to shoot another doe. I'm, I don't want to fool with one because I, I was leaving after the Sunday morning hunt. And we were going to leave early so that we could get to church. And we were, I think the plan was we were going to leave at 9 o'clock, which it's early and it's November and we're seeing a ton of deer, but – obviously priority priorities and we're going to go to church at nine o'clock and let's see how does this start out we i'd seen a few stray does mingling through i had a five pointer that came through the big field that i'm looking at cuts behind me lucas had that same buck i think pop up i'm sitting in the bottom i'm this big field is kind of in a little depression in the bottom lucas is sitting up um, top looking over a field probably 
I'm not good at judging distance. He's probably a quarter mile behind me up this hill. That buck made his way up the edge of the property to Lucas, and I have another big group of does come out, a big group of six. And they did the same thing that those does before me did. They took forever walking across this field to me, and they get about halfway across the field. They're probably 150 yards or so, and five of them hold up. And one of them, I guess she was just the one that drew the short straw, starts walking on a dead line to me. She's walking down to the corner where this food plot is. And she's, I don't know if she was trying to win me or if she just knew something was up. I guess she did. Or if they were just being careful because they, just because we were stirring around down there the day before. But she's taking two steps and stopping and two steps and stopping. And she's just sniffing and looking and sniffing and looking. And finally, I mean, I bet it was 30 minutes. And I'm texting Lucas the whole time. I'm thinking, she's either going to bust me or I'm just going to have to sit here and watch these does for two hours, which is fine. I want I want some hot does standing in front of me. That's perfect. But she gets to probably 20 yards and then never blows and never stomps, but she just turns around, trots back to the group, and they exited left into the thicket. And so that whole time, they were probably out there for 30 minutes. I haven't flinched because they're all looking right at me down that corner. And as soon as they all stepped into the woods, I was, I don't know, either my back was sore or, or I don't know, but I, I moved, I readjusted in my seat, kind of turned to the side. And as soon as I did, I realized what she was looking at this whole time. Not 10 yards to my left in this thicket, I hear the worst sound ever, which is, and I'm like, you idiot. And I turn and look, and I don't see anything but a butt. And it's a butt the size of the side of a barn. And it's just bounding back into that thicket. I never saw a head, I never saw antlers, but I know it's a buck. And it was a freaking big one. And so I texted Lucas. He said, is those still down there? I said, no, they left, but I just got busted by something big. I said, it had to be a buck. I didn't see it, but it was right here in this thicket. And actually, let me go back. I'm going to pull these. Um, I'm going to pull these texts up. So he said, you had six in the clover? And I said, well, one of them made it down there. The other five hung up when that one knew. Or wait, one of them blew. Okay, I guess that one doe did blow at me. Um but they were coming. He said, oh, okay, I got you. Uh, and I texted him, and I said, um, "Those when those does finally left, I adjusted, and I got blown at by a big buck to my left. Nice deer. He said, was it a shooter or borderline? I said, I, I, said, I didn't get a good look at him. I said, but it was, a, it was a big buck. He said, dang. And he said, you're in the hot seat. I said, by gosh, you know I am. And so I'm covered up with him in about – um, let's see, about 10 minutes went by and I'm sitting there and I catch movement in that thicket to the left and I, and I couldn't see horns, I didn't see anything I could just see a body walking and I just see a tail flip and I'm thinking, man, they're, I'm, they're all there's something big's holed up in that thicket I said, and it's got all those six does in there with it now and I, it's probably 20 or 30 minutes because we were getting close to being having to leave it was about 8.30 and that little five-pointer that I'd already seen once that day and that we'd seen the night before, we'd seen that deer the night before, he comes cutting across that big field, running away from me. And he's not running from anything. He's just trotting, look, hunting, sniffing for a doe, I guess. 
And I'm thinking, well, we're about to leave, and and it's not going to hurt anything. I'm going to grunt at them just to mess with them, just to stop them. So that little five-pointer gets almost all the way across the field, and I, man, and stop him. And he stops and plants that front foot and turns and looks down in the corner where I'm at. And he stood there for probably a good 15, 20 seconds, just frozen. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, ah, oh, it's always cool. It's all, I always, I mean, who doesn't like watching one respond to you? Uh, but when that deer turned to leave, he went from kind of a little half-hearted trot to when he took off, he was booking it. And I mean, flying. And I, I thought, well, that's weird that he just would, would bolt like that. And then I look from the middle of the field to right in front of me, and here stepped out of that thicket is old, I don't, the big one. I don't know what you call him, he, but he was the, the king of this little thicket, this little plot we're sitting on. And I hope you didn't just hear me fart right then, but you might have. Um, my apologies to any women and children listening. I digress. Anyways, I look up from that buck Bolton, and here stands this big nine-pointer. Heads up high, chest puffed out. I mean, he's he is stout as a board. And I'm thinking, holy crap. And so before I even get the gun pulled up, that deer is booking it. I mean, it's a dead heat. He's taking after that five-pointer. I mean, he's, he's fit to be tied. He's going to kill him if he gets a hold of him. And I pull the gun up, and I've got it in my sights, and I'm looking, looking, looking. And I finally get on him, and I go, meh, meh. And he's, and he's not, he had heard me. He's not stopping. And I did every, I mean, I just about yelled a grunt. I'm not going to do it because it's probably going to, like, bust my mind. But I, meh. And he stopped, and he planted that front foot and wheeled and looked right at me, and I dropped the hammer. And when I look up from the scope, I've knocked him down, and he's fumbling, standing back up. Well, he gets up, and he wheels around this little corner of trees right there. And I'm I'm shaking like a – I mean, it happened from the time that I saw him to the time I shot was probably 10 seconds, maybe. And I still – I don't think that he stopped because he heard me. I think that I just got lucky, and and he – he stopped before he chased that buck into the woods, maybe just thinking that he didn't have to go all the way after him. Because when he stopped, he never looked at me. He never looked back down my direction. So I think that I just got lucky, and he just pulled up and shot. And as close to the time as it was for us to leave, yeah, we were supposed to leave at 9. This was at 827. Because um, at 827, before I can even get my phone out to text Lucas, he's texting me and said, was that you, dot, dot, dot? And I said, we're going to say, I said, heck, I said, heck yeah, it was. I said, I think I just shot a big one. Actually, I said the big one. I said, I think I just shot a big one. Because when I look through the scope, I mean, Lucas doesn't shoot just any deer, and I don't want to shoot just any deer. But all I'm looking at is, as he's running, is I can just tell his horns look pretty heavy. And I'm like, God, he's got some good mass, and he's not a, he's not that six-pointer. I said, man, I think I shot a big one. So he called me. Uh, he said, well, I'm, I'm headed down there. Just just wait until I get down there to climb down. And it seemed like it took him three hours. Um, so I, we – and for the way that Lucas walked in, when that buck wheeled that corner around those trees, he had gotten up, turned the corner, and then just immediately piled up. And he died in the exact same spot where that doe I shot the day before uh, died. And so – Lucas can actually see that little corner where that buck had, was piled up at as he walked to me. Because the first thing that I didn't hear Lucas walk up, the first thing I heard is, 
you killed him. He said, "He's I see him. He's right there. He said, he's in that same spot that doe was yesterday. And I knew that deer had been dead. I mean, I knew he was dead because he'd been there for 15 or 20 minutes. And I, I'm about to come out of my skin. And he said, well, what was it? I said, I think it's an, I think it's a big eight-pointer. And he immediately said, he said, no. He said, I, I bet it's a big nine-pointer. He said, because the, it, I think it was the opening day of muzzleloader. He had seen it, but had never gotten a, never gotten a shot at it. Um, so what it was, if you don't get on Instagram and see it, it's a, it's a nine pointer on the left side. The left side is, is he's got the, his character on, um, his main beam split. He's got a little crab claw, uh, main beam. One of his times, I think is it his G3? Lord, I can't even remember. One of his times he's got a little kicker off of it, which was really cool. Um, but what I thought was the neatest thing about him was you could tell that he had, had spent a lot of time fighting his, his left ear, is, was split all to pieces. I mean, it had two or three big tears through it. Uh, when I picked him up from from Frank at, on my taxidermist, he told me, he said, man, that deer been fighting Hatney. And I, I, and I thought that he meant that deer's been fighting me, as in it was, he gave me a lot of trouble trying to mount him. But he said, no, there's there's hair missing and, and, and scrapes and scratches all over the thing, which I think is, is really, really cool. Uh, there's a couple big patches of hair that are just bald and, and some of it just worn down to the skin. But I mean, he's, he was torn up. Um, and so anyways, we, we get him out of there and, and got him caked out. And, and that was, that was really, really cool um, for me. And, and it's not, there's lots of people that have killed a lot bigger deer, but that was, that's by far the biggest buck I've ever shot because I, in the past, I mean, I, I don't necessarily care much for, for shooting little bucks. I just assume shoot a doe, which is why I was so excited to go down there and shoot does. Uh, I killed one spike that I, I thought was a doe during rifle season a few years ago. And other than that, I've just, just never had the chance at a buck and connected um, with one that, that I wanted to shoot. Missed one. Missed, I think I said that last week. Missed a big eight-pointer during bow season once. But uh, anyway, it's just very, very cool. And, and to get to do it there with Lucas was was fun. You'll hear from Lucas soon. He doesn't know this, but he's he and his girlfriend are coming to Knoxville to visit at the end of this month, and we're going turkey hunting in April, opening weekend. He's invited me down to come and turkey hunt. And so I'm wanting to have him on because that's his thing. Uh, he loves a deer hunt, but turkey hunting's what he, I mean, he gets a whole other look on his face and a whole other level of excitement when he's talking about turkey. So um, I'd love to get him on here to talk a little bit about turkey hunting and what we can expect when I go down there with him because he, I've had him out to the lease before and he's, man, it's the way that he hunts turkeys is is really 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 fun i've never thought i'd care much for it but it's the first time we had one gobble back at us i'm like yeah okay i get it now i, I get why you all like this so much but hopefully we'll get him on here to talk about this some and and hopefully we'll have a, another podcast when we're down there talking about a couple big toms that we've rolled over in rutherford county so anyways um maybe some cool things to look forward to in the next few weeks and, and months but until then if you're enjoying the podcast, I'm enjoying doing it, but the word on the street is apparently the, the most helpful thing, if you like it, is to review it on Apple Podcasts. That apparently helps it get out to more people and, and be viewed more often if people leave good reviews, or I think you can follow it on Apple. I know you can follow it on Spotify. I don't know if they call it follow or subscribe, but but if you're enjoying it uh, and you want to do that, that'd be awesome. Um, 
But anyways, I think that just about sums it up for today. And until next time, thanks for listening to the podcast. Vince DeForest, episode two is done.